0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first thing we're going to do is on the count of three, you and I are both going to smile at the same time, okay, because okay. this, this is going to be our screenshot. Okay. Here we go. One, two, three. Awesome. Got it. All right. That's the cover for our video. Otherwise, okay. Google will pick something like me going, eh, <laughs> I've had that window. happen. Yeah. It's always pretty, right? So, <laughs> so we've learned our lesson there. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we're recording now. So we're going to hear me do as a little intro that I always mm-hmm. do. And then I'm going to go right into the first question. Okay. Okay. All right. This is Valerie Van Boven with the Senior Care Industry Netcast, where leaders with three or more years of experience share their advice. So let's get to it. In a few sentences, tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Thank you, Valerie. My name is Laura Bewer, and I serve the public by providing notary services, and I focus and specialize for those services to be in hospital settings, skilled nursing, assisted living, homes of the elderly, those who need access but can't get to notary services.
0: And we were just talking before this interview started about how important this is and how important it is for a notary who's going to be doing notarizations and things like this in these settings how important it is for them to understand what's going on a little bit better maybe than just your typical mobile notary that comes to the bank or to your house (laughs) so um, why don't you give us a little taste of what you do as far as training others and kind of how you came about doing all of this cool stuff
1: absolutely you know what what prompted me to move into this area of service was I owned and operated an assisted living facility myself. I had a six bed, it was called Leia's Place uh, right here in Modesto, California. And uh, during that time, there were several occasions where clients needed documents notarized and I had a hard time getting a notary willing to come over to the facility to take care of it. And they're saying, oh, it's just too hard. It takes too long. I don't know if they know what they're doing. They can't sign their name. I mean, just one excuse after another. And I decided, all right, heck with this. I'm just going to become a notary myself and provide services. And what I found is, of course, there was a conflict of interest. I couldn't do it for my own clients. But what I did is that I found another person who felt the same way. She provided for my clients, and I went to other places. I volunteered for hospice for 10 years, providing notary services to those who could know Uh, you know, in no other way, get access to those services. And now I train other notaries who are mobile notaries, but need to understand the special, um, extra special requirements when you're dealing with somebody who's more fragile. If you're in an environment like a hospital where it may not be as private, where, um, they may not be, they're definitely not going to be at their best. Right. And and there's uh, a, just a lot of, um, emotional or psychological drama that may be going on in their life at this moment because of whatever it is. And by understanding that it makes the appointment go more smoothly. It, it uh, communicates care and compassion for the signer themselves. uh, And it gives you an opportunity to do more than stamp a document, right? Because you're really doing the paper in and of itself may not seem important, but what it does for them, such as a healthcare directive and powers of attorney so that their life can keep going, uh, even if they can't uh, administer that or orchestrate that. So that's what I'm about.
0: Well, that's awesome because I'll tell you, having had uh, documents notarized with and for my father who has vascular dementia and with and for my mother-in-law who is in a nursing home currently um and the, the good news is we did all these things before things got too bad right um so we were able to all meet somewhere but having done all of this it is um it's a stressful time for everybody right um depending on how much the person understands they feel like they're giving up you know potentially giving up their freedom or their right, right. to choose it's just there's a whole lot of emotions that go on um, it's the first, uh, not maybe not the first, but a, a big step in a realization that I'm not able to maybe make these decisions anymore for myself or potentially coming up soon, I'm not going to be able to make right. these decisions. So it is a really emotional time for family and for the person who may be signing durable power of attorney documents and things like that. So it, I, I think that Having someone like you who specializes in a more compassionate, more educated, um, you know, senior care uh, type, you know, education because you've been there, you've done it, right. and you've been around it all these years is yeah. a really needed thing. It's not just being a notary; it's being a I don't know what you would call it a, a senior service notary or yeah. Uh, I don't I don't have a name
1: for it, but I. um I encourage notaries to work with me before they take on those kinds of assignments, because they it's just going to be better for them and their experience. And, you know, there's things for the notary because you get pulled into the drama yeah. and you have to know how to not be pulled into that drama and remember what your job is. And at the same time, give the space and grace for the family to kind of work through what's happening when you're there. And, and it's a balance.
0: It is, and and there's a fine line between what you should interject or what you should add or what you should offer, and what you should not be doing. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I can imagine yeah. you've you've come across some sticky situations where you know mm-hmm. probably the answer, the right answer, but everybody's kind of looking at each other like, well,
1: right. And if I interject where I shouldn't, I could be. Uh, unintentionally engaging in the unauthorized practice of law so they you know sometimes when people are like why is the notary not telling me what to do they need to remember I'm not an attorney I'm a notary and I have limits and if I exceed those limits then legally I've created an issue for them and for me
0: yeah absolutely and talk to me. Talk to me a little bit more about training. Um, do you mm-hmm. provide some formal training services yes. for other notaries? Yeah, t- tell us. I a do. About.
1: Um, so, besides being a, a notary for at your service mobile notary, that's the notary business. I have another line of business called Coach Me, Laura, and that is specifically for mobile notaries who that's how they make their living and they want to expand beyond doing loan signings, right? They they want to be able to serve the public in many ways. And I have separate modules that I put together for them to walk through uh, what they would need to know. And I have one just for Uh, hospital setting, skilled nursing, uh, and assisted living, those three. Then I have another one that's on documents, powers of attorney, healthcare directives, last will and testaments, so that they understand what these documents look like. What do they do? Where's my part? Where's their part? What's important for me to understand about what they're doing uh, when I'm in the room? Uh, And so those are um, just a couple of the ones. I have like three or four modules that all... Or around senior care, or at least those who are in compromised, because not everybody's a senior necessarily, but they may be younger but have something compromising their ability uh, to take care of their own issues.
0: Yes, absolutely, and that's great. I, I you know, I think we need more of that. So, what we're going to do is make sure that your website or whatever information, yes. contact information you have, is with this video, so that if folks are wondering. You know, um, how can I learn more about that and not just do loans, (laughs) loan documents and things like that? How can I get more involved and take more business and feel comfortable doing that, especially, you know, we're talking about end of life issues and, Mm -hmm. you know, some very sick people sometimes and some just, you know, just seniors, Um, but um, they'll be able to contact you and get more information. Um, you've been around for a long time. You've seen the inside of a lot of facilities. You've run mm-hmm. your own care home, and you've done all these things. What piece of advice would you give to senior care providers out there?
1: Um, I, I think uh, as it relates to me coming in to mm-hmm. these facilities and trying to work with uh, their clients, um, mm-hmm. that they too um, need to give themselves the space and grace to step aside uh, when it's needed um, because uh, the family is still the family and they even if you don't agree with what it is they're setting up that's the right to make those choices uninfluenced by those that are there and it's one thing to give facts or information to family about what's happening it's another thing to suggest or influence you know this is how you know you should do it uh, and i think when that is done it's done out of caring and, and knowing the client because you know you're taking care of them 365 days a year uh, and they become your own family and you have to remember they're not your family um, and and there needs to be to, to always keep that that professional line that says i can do this much for you everything i'm allowed to do i will do and I will support whatever it is. Uh, but, but when it comes time to making decisions, mm-hmm. client and family uh, need to have the opportunity to do that uninterrupted. Uh, and sometimes I'll ask when I go in, please, could everybody leave the room? Because I'd like to speak to grandma. I'd like to speak to whoever. And just with nobody in the room, be able to hear them tell me, yes, this is what I want. Yes, I understand. That's what I'm signing. Um, And I'll get questions like, does this mean I can't speak anymore? Does this mean that I don't get to make decisions? Because they misunderstand that power of attorney shares the power until the time comes when they can't speak for themselves. But until that day, they can still sign for themselves and speak for themselves and make decisions for themselves. And I think that uh, some of the care providers don't realize that either. And they'll say, well, you know, you I have to call your daughter. I experienced it. My mom's in assisted living now. And she wanted to take a cab because I was out of town to go somewhere and they didn't want to let her out because they couldn't reach me because I'm listed as her attorney, in fact, and healthcare proxy. And I had to go explain to them, you know, she knows exactly um, what she's about and that she knows how to take a cab. She's blind by the way, so there's a little extra, I'm sure that's what they were concerned about, that she was just gonna go get an account. What was she gonna do when she got there? How would she know? My mom has had independent living training. She knows, she lived for 20 years blind. She knows how to do it, right? And I had to help them understand that's not what that document means. It just means that I'm sharing the power with her. And should she not be available uh, because she can't uh, speak for herself, then I'm gonna speak for her. But until that moment happens, she is allowed to make her decisions to leave the facility, to do whatever she wants until she demonstrates that she cannot. And I found it interesting that they really didn't understand that.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's true. I I can remember um, specifically when we had Durable Power of Attorney Mm -hmm. set up for my dad, reassuring him uh, Mm -hmm. that this doesn't mean, you know, everybody should have some directives in place. Maybe not durable policy. I have them. (laughs) Yes, but everybody should have this in writing and everybody should have their paperwork in order. Um, And we were, you know, he was diagnosed with vascular dementia but still could make his own decisions pretty Mm -hmm. much at that time. And we were just reassuring him, this doesn't mean that you can't you know decide if you want a ham sandwich or a turkey sandwich for lunch it doesn't you know (laughs) you make all of your own decisions until the day when you simply can't do that anymore and then that's when your your wife and and myself we step in and we help and we we know know what you would want in that case and so it's not a bad thing to do for anybody actually you know especially if you
1: absolutely my kids went to college valerie (laughs) First thing I did, healthcare directives and powers of attorney, because they were going away. And how was I going to help them if they're not minors anymore? So uh, they're not going to share medical stuff. I'm not going to be able to do anything unless I had documents that said, so if they were in a car crash or something happened, thank goodness it didn't, but we had paperwork in place. Should that take place? And my husband and I both, you know, for 15, 20 years, I've had paperwork in place. You know, we're, we're young it's not for old people. It's for oh, everybody. Yeah. I just happened to find myself working often with uh, seniors or adults that are compromised in some way who have never taken care of it yet. Oh, yeah. and, and, and that's that's how this came to be. When I noticed how often this was happening, I left being a care provider uh, and sold my business and decided this is my mission in life to educate people about these documents, to help people get access who can't get access uh, and to help them understand what, what really is going on. Because it's a it's a big deal for them feeling like they're giving up that last, you know, they give up their house, they give up their car, you know, they just keep giving up, giving up, giving up things. And they feel like this is the last thing, right? Thanks. The last thing that, that they have control over. And yes. it's scary for them it to is. do this. Uh, so this is a big deal. And I'm sharing that moment with them. I share the most intimate moments with people that are making hard decisions. I get joyful things as well. I do adoptions and other things. But in this area uh, and end of life, I do a lot of end of life. I took training with a hospice in my town and uh, so that I'd know what to do and how to handle Uh, people who are at home or or at a hospice house, end of life situations. So um, if you're you're a notary who happens to see this and you think, wow, I want to do that. That touches my heart. I would like to be a part of that. Please um, get some training, get some knowledge uh, about what's happening in these environments and what are these documents about before you dive in. Uh, because yeah, you will feel better, they will feel better uh, about it. And you know, what I love is that I can serve the public, I can do something that touches my heart, and I can make a great living doing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I really think this is a great addition to anyone who already has that stamp. <laughs> this is a great yeah. addition to your to your um, skill and to yeah. your service uh, to others. So I think that you're doing such a great job. So we'll make sure people can get in touch with you, ask questions if they want to, or or you know, participate in the services that you provide to help people understand more about what it's like to help more on the medical side, perhaps um, than just loan documents, which I know are important because trust That's me, we've done that too. But um, yeah, and I can remember when my children were tiny, my husband and I went out of town and we um, gave our um, my husband's sister temporary mm-hmm. power of attorney because right. if we had got if if the children had been sick and mm-hmm. we had to catch a plane ride back sometimes that doesn't happen in two seconds right. so um you know we did we had some documents drawn up that was just we used use them anytime we went out of town mm-hmm. I, I traveled a lot of the time and and so if my husband was going with me we would just you know have another one notarized and and just mm-hmm. temporary for certain dates and and that was beautiful because she could help us make, you know, she could make decisions. She was we trusted her, and it right. was great. Uh, that was a great thing to have too. So, all kinds of different reasons that you might need some of these things done. And yeah, absolutely. When you have someone out there who's experienced in some of these medical issues, mm-hmm. um, so I'm going to ask you one more question. This is okay. my fun question. We always end our interviews this way. When you have a win in life or in business, how do you like to celebrate? It could be birthdays. It could be just having a great day or did something great for a family or they're happy or whatever.
1: You know, um, I'm very close with my adult sons who both live in town and their families. And so if it's a, a big win, um, my idea is everybody come over and let's have, let's eat, <laughs> let's eat, let's have a party. Basically, that's like number one one um birthdays we have a tradition um birthday person gets to pick where and we all show up uh, and we do their birthday dinner at wherever it is that they have chosen and we've been doing that uh as a family and as our family has grown including you know my son's uh, significant others uh, as well and um and now that we have our first grandson uh we spent we um uh, kind of celebrate and close out the week every Friday together. Nice, that's great. Uh, so those are some of that you can see they're all family related because I spend all day helping other families <laughs> and, and I, I need that recharge yes. with my own uh, so own. I can go back out and give some more.
0: Yep, absolutely. Yep. Recharge those batteries and uh, fill back up with compassion and kindness and love and energy for the next week. So that's awesome. I'm glad you live so close that you guys can do that. Um, And I also want to say happy holidays, happy new year. uh, And because we're getting close to the end of the year here. So thank you very much for coming on the the interview and doing this with us. I appreciate that.
1: Thank you, Valerie. I just am so happy I had the opportunity uh, to do this because a lot of people don't think about some of these mobile services that they might have to bring in. And I think this one's a real important one. It can be a life-changing one.
0: It is, absolutely. It's a great service. So thank you very much.
1: You're so welcome.